same way that punk told everyone all you need is three chords and a surplus of attitude shoegaze kind of said all you need is three stomp boxes and a good pout it was really easy to make this music that was sort of the problem it was its own undoing the same way that the simplicity of punk was its own undoing you can just get yourself a yamaha rack if you want to get a decent sounding sound together you can spend a bunch of money on an eventide and you get a decent female singer up there throw a bunch of reverb and delay on her voice and there you go, you know? C plus shoegaze, you can start gigging. You'll put out a single on some German label and that's that. When you look back at bands like Slow Dive and Lush and Curve and even the Darling Buds on Erotica, you know, once you put a pretty face on it, That's when the critics start to really, you know, sharpen the knives. And that was what really hurt Curve because, you know, Curve was probably one of the strongest bands at this time, particularly the Doppelganger album, which in my view is flawless. One of the best records of the 90s. But, you know, Tony Halliday had already had a go around here and she had really gone for it in the kind of awful Benetton big hair way as a, you know, major label chancer in the mid 80s. had already been there and the critics remembered that they never gave Curve a chance because of it. I can't say that I necessarily disagree with you know, having been a bit suspicious about Curve's new sudden, you know, dreamy, dark pouty mystique. Um, it did seem that you had a couple of people here who were quite seasoned and for whom this was not the hardest thing in the world, um, making this kind of sequenced blurry dance pop. But they did such a good job of it, I can't fault them for, you know, the mistakes of the past that were really mistakes of ambition. 
there were just loads and loads of bands very quickly jumping on this sound and the funny thing about it was that they there were bands that then tried to move on and grow out of shoegaze and that just didn't work you were signing up for probably the biggest pigeonholing of any band at any time in pop's past someone like chapter house who robin guthrie of cocktail twins produced their big album whirlpool you know they really tried to move on you know they started out covering rain like every shoegaze band That's the song that really is, you know, the start of where this whole thing goes. Because, you know, psychedelic music went into a very weird, different place in the 60s and 70s. They didn't have effects pedals. So you couldn't really conceivably recreate the amount of finesse that went into those really trippy Beatles songs like Dear Prudence and Rain. Chapter House really is a funny case because, you know, I talked about the idea of putting a pretty face on it as far as the female fronted shoegaze bands go. Well, Chapter House was very much a case of having a guy who was really easy on the eyes um, on top of a dance pop sequenced shoegaze band. Now, not to take anything away from them because the drummer was actually really good. If you listen to Breather, the first song on Whirlpool... Dude was smoking. Pearl was such a fait accompli, their hit single. I mean, the drums are sampled from PFK, Schoolie D, and When the Levee Breaks, Led Zeppelin. Two of the most overused, completely ridiculously basic drum loops ever. And, you know, they got away with it because I get, you know, the song was good enough. Rachel Goswell from Slow Dive sings on that song. That was her first real like attention, was as a backup singer for Chapter House. Slow Dive, on the inside, you know, and you get a sense of this in My Magpie Eyes, that book, Slow Dive were always considered, you know, rich kids on a day trip. They were never taken seriously by anybody. It's not like at any point in their lives they were gonna have trouble financially. So it was just like, it was clear this was kind of a lark for them. And so you didn't have the same kind of, you know, chaos and upheaval that you had with someone like Kevin Shields and the rest of the members of My Bloody Valentine who, you know, not to suggest that they crawled out of a gutter, but you know, there, there was a lot more at stake there for them. And they had toured a lot more on their own um, in a very kind of desperate young way. Um, than Slow Dive ever did. I mean, Slow Dive walked out of their house into a touring van. They really didn't have to struggle very much. They were a package deal.
not a huge fan of uh, Savlaki. I think there's a couple of good songs. Of course, Dagger, Allison. You know I am the dagger. You know I am your I thought I heard you whisper. I hated them at the time the same way that I hated Swerve Driver. I thought they were too ethereal and precious, the same way I thought Swerve Driver were too rocking and macho. I mean, those were sort of my two flag posts on what was and wasn't shoegaze in my world. But of course, Neil ends up coming out with, you know, a record that blows everyone's minds in Pygmalion. But by that time, Oasis has happened and shoegaze is totally fucking over. Coming from someone who absolutely hated Slow Dive as a kid and never really became much of a fan of them, for me to tell you that Pygmalion is like a crucial fucking top five shoegaze record, hopefully that means something. Because um, I don't see how there's a case that can be made that it's not. I don't care what your boundaries are, what you think shoegaze is and isn't, Pygmalion is a fantastic album, with or without the existence of shoegaze as a genre to, to push it up. Jay's Heaven, man. <clears throat> for everything I love about My Bloody Valentine and for all the genius accolades I think Kevin Shields deserves, um, you know, Neil Halstead's work on Pygmalion is, that's his singular moment. That's his like Mark Hollis, Spirit of Eden moment. Uh, it's a record that unfortunately has languished in just all kinds of licensing problems because it wasn't a big partner record with Sony, they didn't care about it, and so none of Creation's major international distribution deals really helped it in any way. And obviously there's nothing even close to a single on it, but um, there's this period of kind of bedroom electronica in the early 2000s. You have Elric Schnauss, Manual, which was one of my favorite acts at that time, um, and even M83 is coming out of this. That's a record that sounds like it could have been made at that time. And so Pygmalion for them is a touchstone record, more even than something like Loveless, which belongs to another time. Um, you know, it wasn't hard to get Pygmalion in Europe. And so a lot of these kids grew up with that as their Loveless, really. And, you know, I, it's not exactly a sad thing that you only got Pygmalion instead of, you know, me getting Loveless. It's, it's just an absolutely superb album. Curve really spoiled it for me. I mean, I really wanted to back Curve, but you just can't because they chased every prevailing wind. They tried to get on the big beat thing. They were chasing Chemical Brothers money. Chinese Burn was just a total piece of shit. Um, they never had any real personal commitment to this sound that they came up with for Doppelganger. 
It was music they made at that time as musicians is a way to look at it. But then when they got back together in the studio at a later time, they were more interested in engaging and interfacing with what was going on in music than continuing to make their own statement. That's how I felt about it. It's kind of an underhanded and unknowable thing to say, you know, to try and indict them with that interpretation of their motives, which I can't know. But it's really how it always appeared to me. And I was glad that when they came back with the Gift, that, you know, they had a couple of decent songs that were throwbacks to that great early 90s stuff. And they weren't, you know, they weren't apologetic about it. But at the same time, they let their fans kind of cheer for them and make whatever noise was made around that, you know, Reformation record, which is not a bad record at all. The two really strong singles on that record are better than pretty much anything they came up with after Doppelganger as far as I'm concerned. There's a shitload to get into with shoegaze for me, unfortunately. I mean, I'll probably do like 20 more of these videos at some point.